0: nine eight seven six five four three
1: good luck studio and now ladies and gentlemen it's my pleasure to introduce to you paul chandler the shy yeti <laughs> he's not that shy
2: All I wanted was a pie.
1: And then I hatched out of an egg. Exactly. Okay, bring the mic over.
2: He's ready to record. It's the quiet ones you've got to watch, you know. Is it metaphorical? Is it, is it deep? Is it deep? I've
1: got a pie. He said all that guy is
0: right. Shame. me governor. It's the Shy Life Podcast.
1: Excellent.
2: Hello, Gaffers. How are you? Hello and welcome to yet another episode of the Shy Life Podcast with me, Paul the Shy Yeti. How are you doing? I'm all right. Um, we've got Martin back. Hi, Martin. Hello. <laughs> um, how are you doing?
0: Well, I'm, I'm obviously getting younger by the episodes, yeah.
2: which is always, which always, which is always fun. From, going back to
0: before you were born, time, time,
2: time, time. But,
0: uh, I mean, that one of those spiral
2: tunnels that uh, Irwin Allen liked so much. Yeah, yes, yes.
0: black and white loops.
2: Yes. Well, as promised, I think this is probably the first of uh, a four-part, a four-part series of about the uh, the pop hits of 1950s. Where we're, we're not going to do. Quite as much detail as we have done for some of our episodes. Uh, we're going to go back to how you did it in the early sixties, and we're just going to look at big singles uh, on both sides of the pond. But the, this first episode, well, let's run the theme music, and when we come back, I'll explain what I'm, I'm, uh, I'm thinking that we'll be doing. All right, run that theme music, darling. It's the Shy life Podcast.
1: positive <laughs> <laughs> The
0: Shy Life. You won't find a cast of characters like this everywhere.
2: Hello, Paul. You don't want now.
0: I I don't I'll, I'll go anyway,
1: for a potato. Delicious. This particular episode of The Shy Life is, is a little more abstract than usual. Oh,
2: go, Shy Yeti. Oh,
1: I have out my nice secret. I think he has.
2: If you thought that was bad, just listen to this.
1: I can't
2: wait! I can't wait for the it It's the Shy Life Podcast! Sorry to we'll be cycling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I'm spring drawn to get younger John's ankles as well. <laughs> but has the Shy Life Podcast led I don't think so. It's all gooey and and
1: yum yum yum.
2: And we're back. So yes, um Hooray! so what i thought we'd do with the 1950s well partly because the chart doesn't begin unless there is some the, the what we know as the charts appears to begin why they started it when they did um or, or whether the system changed and we just don't have the details but or it was called something else or it was but the the chart we know as the chart begins in about december 1952 uh why does that
0: this is going to be like one of those uh you know when when you're watching a quiz show at home (laughs) and you you just know that the person hasn't heard or listened to the question properly and their mind goes completely blank i'm going to be something so well
2: (laughs) to give a a brief overview why i thought we'd do this episode um and then the following three episodes so so i thought the sixty-four shilling question. We, well, we, we 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 kind of what I thought we could we do have details from America going back to nineteen fifty. So, I what I thought we would in this episode is I talk about some of the things the singles that were big in in america in the first uh, two or three years um of of the 50s then we'll get to 1953 and we'll, we'll go through that almost as we usually do uh, and then in, in future episodes we'll probably do we'll do like 54 55 then 56 57 58 and 59 and then that will link us back up to where we started uh with 60 so we've done we've, we've done that so um yeah, those early episodes we did in the sixties, we did two episodes a year. So we'll, we we'll, until we got to your birth year, and then we, everything uh, went it was like, oh, it's, well,
0: then the world began. Well, yeah,
2: <laughs> and also a lot.
0: Everything uh, before that was just made up. I did. I, it's only I ever read it in books. I don't. I don't think there's any truth in any of it.
2: Well, in the early sixties, we were finding that yes, obviously there were big hits, but. Uh, once you get to 64 like every single song that was released almost is is like a massive hit uh, a massive famous song so um just wait till
0: peter jackson makes a movie of it <laughs>
2: yes yeah but um so i i think looking as an overview i i was reading how they were sort of saying like how the first part of the 50s was very much sort of the big band and swing and it was sort of the stuff that had been big during the war, after the war, it was sort of... It, it went into the 50s and, and, yeah. and, and, and then sort of started to peter out a bit. And, and then... Ed came
0: rock and roll, yes. But uh, I'm, I'm fascinated by uh, uh, jazz. I, I'm, I'm fascinated by how many people really, really say they hate jazz. I mean, really, with passion. and I don't know what it is. Because uh, I've been to a few sort of big band, you know, concerts and stuff like that, and that the sound... When you're in the audience, it's just phenomenal. It just and there's so much energy to it. So I don't know. I I I know we're we're sort of we're about to head into the era of rock and roll, but the big band sound has got a lot of power and a lot of energy. And I I think you know it 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 deserves to be loved a lot more.
2: Mm. Uh, And there were also things like folk and and country and Mm. blues and R and B. All these things were sort of around. Even in the early 50s, and then, as you were saying, rock and roll comes in in the mid 50s.
0: I have an interesting, well, I don't say it's an interesting theory, but I do have a theory that this, what tended to happen back then, is that there was the the music your parents listened to or your grandparents listened to, and then the kids found something new. And I'm I'm still slightly perturbed by rock and roll because rock and roll kind of went through various phases you know eventually you had punk and stuff like that for about Mm. 20 years and people found different sort of aspects of it but it's all been a bit homogenous in recent last couple of decades it's every you know the kids and their parents and their grandparents are all listening to the same bloody music and somehow that feels i still maintain it feels wrong i feel that no there should be something else that I I can sit in the corner and go, well, you can't make it a bloody word that they're saying. Also, I, it, it, there should be something that, that isn't talking to, you know, 50-, 60-year-olds that's really talking to teenagers. I suppose that it exists. I just don't know about it. But you just feel that it should be. there should be radio stations full of that stuff,
2: you know? I, yeah, I mean, I mean, a lot of, you know, this is the, the thing. There doesn't seem to be... Uh, there doesn't These days, It doesn't seem to be to To be, you'd get, you get maybe you would get sappy boy bands in well in the in the in the seventies. Oh well, yes, there is, and, that, and, yeah. and, but you get that. But then alongside you'd have ad, uh, adult for want of a better word, adult music. But um, the, when you, the, the way the charts is now, there, there there isn't there isn't like well, as they say, work.
0: God, God gave rock and roll to you, gave rock and roll to you. I don't <laughs> I don't really know
2: who the big bands. Are like where, where is this generation's U2? or where's or, or, or no. is that music so, or you know, or, or I mean, to a certain extent, some of the band those bands are still out there doing that music, just that they have a a, a lesser a, lesser following than they used to. Well,
0: uh, I think what's interesting because when we've talked about the '60s and the '70s charts, certainly, certainly to a certain extent, the '60s charts, there were. There was a lot of the songs your mum and dad would listen to, you, you, the Ken Dodd stuff, but the Perry Como's and the Andy Williams were still charting. If you like, you mm. know, uh, Sinatra was still charting alongside the Beatles. You know, it's, and you kind of feel that that eclectic sort of interspersing of different eras I don't know it's it's like everything's just rock now to a certain extent maybe that's me being naive because I don't listen to as much music as I ought to but but it all still feels like this would appeal you know it's like they want to fill concert halls and they want to fill concert halls with sort of 20 year olds and 60 year olds for some reason They, they all listen to the same stuff and I still feel there's a fundamental flaw in that I think there should be there should be something that says no I don't like this but you do, and that's fine.
2: But I mean, I, I mean, it does sort of link into the the fifties as well, because you've got people like Elvis. But heartthrobs, also, a lot of the music was was kind of pretty, pretty good. And you can, you know, the you get the beat, the Beatles hmm. in the sixties with the one, the songs that they did where they had screaming fans can still be listened yes. to. and uh, they're not. It's not like they were. Whereas you get some boy bands that are not that are mm. so novelty that you wouldn't like we were talking about before about about the puppy love and things like that they're so novelty mm. that, that you would never want to listen to them that they were only being sung because they were totally about the singer mm. being handsome um, rather than good material whereas I I always think that um, you know Duran Duran had a lot of screaming fans. But mm. they never. Re- I wouldn't even their ballads. I wouldn't say they're horribly soppy or they didn't never did anything that was no. that was really sickly or. They're, they're per- I enjoy listening to them, and, and I was mm. I was never a screaming fan. Um, but but there are other people, perhaps like, take that and the the ones mm. that were around in the like Boyzone or all, that their songs were so sappy that there's no way you would <laughs> ever want to listen to them for pleasure. They were, Shoot, they were so no. much about. Almost going back to that 70s thing of the like, um, of some of the, some of the bands in the 70s, although even bands like Bay City Rollers, I've since found, discovered, did some quite good songs, um, or, or quite upbeat songs, or yeah. um, they weren't all about they did do the bat, they did do mm. ballads, but they they also did some well, this is it. I mean, the, the Osmonds did crazy horses, yeah. Exactly.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: rolling back to the 50s, mm. particularly. I mean, th- there is a sense that the 50s is very cosy. It's all sort of jumpers and, what and, and sta- and, mm-hmm. was it, uh in trousers and, and rah-rah skirts and uh, to a certain extent. And it has, you know, everybody has very tidy hair and, you know, everybody dressed like their parents and everything like that. The interesting thing, I think, is that post-war, post-war Britain mm. is much more austere back then and much uh, and and is doing some interesting things but this the uh, american music is very much or well, mainstream american music to a certain extent is very much of that idea of the the house in the suburbs you know 2.4 children you know big car all the new gadgets i mean we're we're on the brink of the space age we're on the brink of uh, you know the uh, Mass consumerism of the post war era, and of course, you know, at, at that point, America considered itself top nation, and how could anybody possibly want to live anywhere else? Kind of thing, and so their music was very much reflecting a world of success mm. and dominance, if you like. I think what,
2: what I, I found just looking at some of the titles is that I realized that a lot of the songs that maybe I grew up with I don't know, old, older aunts and uncles or whatever Mm. uh, singing the songs Mm. that they were singing seemed so i I had no idea that they were actually chart songs like i was thinking of things like how much is that doggy in the window Mm. or i've got a lovely bunch of coconuts and things like things like that 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 you'd hear people sing but you'd never have thought that they i guess they i mean i've seen them described as they are considered novelty songs, but they were mm. they were the, the novelty songs of the They
0: were catchy and they had a long shelf life. I mean and again the fascinating thing to me quite often is that those sorts of songs that my dad or my mum might have been singing along to or might have turned up on the radio whenever they listened to the radio, were at that point would have been 10, 15 years old. But of course now they're sixty-five years. That was fifty years ago, and yet people still know those songs because they they are so ingrained in the the culture. If you like, I
2: suppose in the same way as you know, um, some people don't like the the more novelty songs of the Beatles, mm. like you Submarine mm. or Octopus's Garden. Mm. Those were mm. the songs that I I really liked when I first got into the Beatles because they they were novelty songs but they again um they were familiar they were, they as well that's fun. the thing um
0: but they were familiar because they were very whistleable they mm-hmm. were very you know people that, that played requested them a lot on the radio and certain of those songs were the ones that you know the school band would play mm-hmm. because they were considered wholesome enough for for public display if you like yeah. you know mm-hmm. not like some of those those bad lyrics from some of those bad singers, you know, there was, there was, there was a wholesomeness which meant that you know the, the recorder band or whatever at school could play them, and could play them at you know the fates and things, and it would it would be acceptable, mm. you know. You couldn't really play God Save the Queen the fascist regime <laughs> as a as a song, you know, f- when you were opening the uh, harvest festival or yeah, whatever,
2: you know, yeah. but. Uh, All- Let's go back to 1950, for instance, in America, mm. and the sort of songs that were number one. We don't have to um, look at the, these for as long as we we will mm. some of the later ones. But, yeah. for instance, it, for in January 1950, we "Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer" by Gene Autry. Then we've got the Andrews Sisters, "I Can Dream, Can't I," for four weeks. The Andrews Sisters, uh,
0: wow. Yeah. The, you see, they would have been huge, wouldn't they? They would have been huge in terms of because of having their war. You know, they were they were. The Andrews—I'm mm. sure the Andrews sisters—you know—did all the stuff in the Second World War. I mean, and of course that at the beginning of the '50s—that's only five years earlier, isn't it? That's, that's mm. like um, well, well, it's 2016. That's Jodie Whittaker's arriving time mm. You know,
2: it's not that long ago, really. Uh, uh, yeah, so I saw somewhere that they—they've uh, sold up to 80 million records or something, The Andrews wow. sisters. So I don't know where I saw that, but I can't see it now. But yeah
0: amazing, amazing.
2: Uh, again, very popular uh, in. Then, for, following them, we've got the eight the Amos Brothers, uh, okay. with with Rag Mop, um, right, and then Chattanooga Shoe Shine Boy. Chattanooga Choo! Oh, oh right. Okay. Yeah, I'm not sure if not that the Chattanooga Choo Choo. <laughs> no, that's what I was think, thinking whether it's connected. But, uh, uh, um, maybe yeah. one was one was a spoof
0: of the other. I mean, this is the strange. Thing that sometimes happens is that you get a spoof song that actually sort of has becomes bigger than what the, the thing it's spoofing. But I suspect it's got nothing to do with that at all. But uh, interesting.
2: That's by Red Foley. I don't I've never heard of Red Foley. Um, n- next up, we've got Eileen Barton. If I knew you were coming, I'd have baked a cake for two weeks. I knew
0: you were coming Have baked a
2: cake. I think my dad used to sing that. Yeah. 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 Um, and then. Then we have this is a big this is a big hit, but it's not, not the longest number one of the year. Um, no, for eleven weeks we have the Third Man theme by Anton Karas. Crikey, really? Yeah. Uh, but remember, Is that the, the, the zither thing? I, I guess so. he says it's an instrumental. I, mean,
0: I, I see. I have this vague, you know, this. I always have this vague sense that they may have made a TV series based on the Third Man. Mm. Uh, and maybe there was a you know, but no, I suppose I, I, it's kind of weird. These these obscure and bizarre musical instruments that, that they did music, uh, did instrumentals with, and and yet they were really. It's, it's about you know, ten years later, it's sort of Hank Marvin and his you know, in mm. uh, his guitar. But it's it it's fascinating really because really, I I mean I like the Third Man. I think it's mm. a classic film and it is an iconic. Um, you know the the, the tune is iconic but actually if you would sit and watch the film it starts to drive you mad after a while doesn't it you imagine somebody having that on it on a on a single record and and single records in those days were only about two and a half minutes so they'd be playing it you'd have to listen to it about sort of like 30 times an hour and you'd it'd drive you
2: insane I remember I used to have a tape I don't know if it was how long the tape it was a very it must have been used for something else or maybe it was a freebie with a a, a magazine but, but it was yes. like, I don 't know if it was five minutes ten minutes it wasn 't not anywhere near as long as you, like the tapes that you would be familiar with and I had the I had the magic roundabout theme recorded on a loop on one side and the Z cast theme recorded on a loop on the other side i think I think you could would probably have used that as Charlie 's water torture if you wanted to, absolutely um, yeah. uh, you know wanted to because wow. uh, they so very short. Was that, was, that, was that you said that was bought or? No, did you I made that. Like I, that? I, I recorded. You very made well, it. A, I made it. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Um, That—that's so.
0: dedication. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but yeah, apparently the third man is from 1949. So this is like, right. this is um, yeah, relatively. Well, this is so we're nineteen in fifty here, so it's, it's literally the yeah, following year. Oh, yes, it, it, it um, but of course. This is America but
0: again. That, that but, but that shows you also how how because that's uh, it's a European, it's a British film, isn't it? Uh, third mm. Man, really. But it it kind of shows you how, how there is that delay between something being made in forty nine and shown in America, yeah, and
2: something just, becoming enormous. I, but uh, I just don't know. If, no. I just don't know if they didn't. It, it's frustrating that. Uh, we don't have UK details from this time, but um, I don't, no. I don't, I don't know what was going on, or whether it's something with more research we could have found out about. But uh, anyway, hmm. um, I imagine there would have been a sort of crossover. But uh, after after the Third Man theme, we have Mona Lisa by Nat King Cole. Um, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa. That was for, <laughs> five, <laughs> that was for five weeks. Right, and then, okay, and then this is the biggest number one of the year for 13 right. weeks. Um, 13 weeks, it really is a short episode, this isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> well, well, we'll doing more than quarter one
0: quarter of the year, a <laughs> <The> whole <laughs> no. season of Blake Seven. Yeah.
2: well, we're, let's we're, talk we're, about Blake Seven for 20 minutes. No, <laughs> <laughs> we need it to be quick because we need to do a come two or three years this year, this episode. So, um, oh, okay, uh, we've got. Yes, the next one is Goodnight Irene. This is the 13-weeks oh, okay. one by Gordon Jenkins and the Weavers.
0: Right, um, and I actually couldn't couldn't tell you what that tune was at all, considering... Uh, I
2: don't know if it's... Um, uh, Goodnight Irene. You that, see, the that, tune of I mean, is Goodnight Irene. Da, da, de, da, de, I, da, I, I think I'm thinking of Goodnight Eileen, maybe, yeah, rather well, than Irene. On, Irene, know. you know. It's, <laughs> well, it's very confusing. But um, after that, we have Harbour Lights for two weeks by Sammy right. Kay. Now, is, is Sammy Kane anything to do with Danny Cain? I don't know.
0: No, um, he, I don't know, but Harbour Light, it's that, that became a TV show, didn't it? It's it? A, a title for a TV show, so it's obviously a, a famous song that I can't picture off the top
2: of my head. But. It says here he became one of the most famous of the big band era. Oh, OK. So. Mm. Then we have a single called The Thing by Phil Harris for four wow. weeks. and uh, he Apparently, this is a novelty song, um, yes. and Phil Harris was an American actor, comedian, musician and songwriter. Yes, yes. Um, he was an orchestra leader and a pioneer in radio situation comedy, first with the Jack Benny programme, then the Phil Harris, Alice Faye show. It's,
0: it's weird because the title rings a bell with me and I don't really know why. But it, when, when you're talking about it now, I'm thinking that sounds awfully familiar, which, which I don't really understand why it the, would be. Unless, unless my grandfather used to play it on the organ, I I, I don't. The, really the funny know. thing is,
2: it it's probably derived from the English bawdy folk song, the Chandler's wife. Ah. <laughs> so, it's a good, it's a goodness knows what's, what's going on. Um, so, it's, it's, it's a song about your mum? <laughs> yeah. Oh dear, oh dear. She she was around, but she was only. That's six. <laughs> What's she doing? Um, she wasn't a chanter there. There might be
0: a there? dusty copy of it somewhere. Yeah.
2: <laughs> now, the, the last number one of 1950 in America was by Patty Page, The Tennessee Wolves, for ah. nine weeks. Another another big... There's the three really big... The third man, Goodnight Irene, and yeah. The Tennessee Wolves were the biggest three number ones that year in America. But were they all from films, um, I, those uh, songs? I'm not sure. It doesn't say that... It's just the Tennessee Waltz, sort of.
0: Again, it rings bells with me, but it rings bells with me from film soundtracks. But I, I can't quite, uh, off the top of my head, I can't quite think. Yeah, no. But I, I just wondered if it was, it was to do with, with you know, films that became doesn't huge. Mention, doesn't mention. Doesn't mention it. Because we're sort of still pre-telly, aren't we? Mm. Really. Yeah. I mean, I know that there is television about, but it's, it's not. Got the influence in 1950 that it would have, even a couple of years later. A lot later of in
2: people, in a lot of people have covered the Tennessee Waltz, um, so it's mm. probably something I would recognise if I actually heard it. But
0: uh, yes, um, yeah, no, I, I mean I, I do know it. I just, I just, I, I was wondering why it was particularly in in the the zeitgeist at that time. If you see what I mean, it, it's it's just weird, isn't it? I was dancing with my darling that one but um yeah i just i just wondered if it like i say if it had a had a connection
2: so next we're into 1951 we're st- we're still in the states um, we don't have any english counterpart quite yet so or uk counterpart so we'll just run through the number ones um
0: I think you've got to think about this at the time is America's cars huge cars with big fins and, <laughs> and the white heat and everything and, and Britain's got the Morris Minor and we're all chugging around in grey yeah. so so there is a difference in the in the two worlds very much so
2: that that, that we we buy yeah. into. I did read that when before 1952 in the UK charts were to do with like. Um, Printed music, like um, mm. um, rather than you know what, what people what, what was being sold, so that people could play it mm. themselves. That was the, the sheet that, yeah music. sheet music. Yeah. I can't think of what the word was. Um, and and um, but anyway, we, well, my granddad used to have
0: a, a load of sheet music. I mean, he was a, he was a pianist, he was an organist, you know. But uh, of course, when you think about the plot or the main character in uh, uh, *Pennies from Heaven*, mm. is a sheet music.
2: There's a, lot of, there's a lot of sheet music about these days, isn't there? Really, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so,
0: and I think that's the weird thing, isn't it? Because basically, that's what you know, home entertainment. When we're talking about iPods and televisions and all all the things, basically, at home entertainment was if you had a piano. Yeah,
2: um, the UK doesn't come in until very late 1952, so our, our, uh, it's all still black so and, and white. So we'll, we'll and forge on with and yeah, fog. we'll forge on. But they can't see them. can't see the music. No, <laughs> it's just a bit of hit anyway. Um, yeah. So the first number one of. Uh, of 1951, although I think the previous one, which was Tennessee Wolves, mm-hmm. had gone on into the start of 51. But the first one I have here is Perry Como If, for six weeks. Perry um Como. Is that the same if that Telly Savalas no, did? because that was, that was written no, by no. Bread, Different and if. that was written in the 70s. Ah, right. um, it is an old... If a picture song. paints it a does, thousand words. It does seem to be... It says it's a popular song, ah, it, it's actually called If They Made Me a King. Hmm. Um, oh, really And...
0: As opposed to if that film with Malcolm yes, McDowell, that
2: well. Lindsay Anderson. Yeah. Um, it was written in 1934 by Roger Hargreaves. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't he do the? Oh, Mister Men. I don't. I, I don't think so. But <laughs> <laughs> mistake. You'll end up down a wiki wonder if you're not careful. But, uh, um, it looks different. Roger here. Hargreaves. Yeah. Louis Armstrong did a cover in '51, and The Bachelors. Wow. Uh, but uh, well, this is the thing. Even if some of these songs were number one, if if there was, I mean, people must have been listening to. um music are, we, in the- are we still before the singer songwriter? Then,
0: were, I mean, singers didn't tend to sing their own stuff, did
2: they? At this stage, that you
0: know, they they
2: were, there were yeah, yeah. like you say, songwriters. A lot of these songs, before. I think, mm-hmm. will be. That sort of situation. Our next one is Mario Lanza. Be my love, Mario. Be my love for only for one week. Wow. But, uh, right. um, Be my love is by Sammy Kahn, music by Nicholas Bodsky. Okay, um, fair enough.
0: These are all people used to turn up on um,
2: Parkinson in mm, the seventies. It was, it was in a nineteen <laughs> fifty movie, The Toast of New Orleans, and it was nominated for right. Academy Award for Best Original Song. Uh, uh, oh, did I it win, to... um, when is... Well No, it was nominated. It
0: probably didn't. Did it? Uh, they, they they would skip to it won it. Um, See, I'm not thinking. It, you've got me on a, a brain dead afternoon. <laughs> in, uh,
2: it, it, it lost. It lost <laughs> out to Mona <Meneliza>. Lisa.
0: <laughs> ah, Mona Lisa, Mona Lisa, Mona
2: Lisa.
0: Or one with Bob Talking of
2: pennies from M. how weird! Everything's connected. Then our next one is Les Paul. Oh, was he the one with the guitar? Les the Paul guitar, and Mary Paul, Ford, How High the Moon, for nine oh, yeah. weeks. How oh, High um, the Moon. That, that okay. was... Nine I mean, weeks? Was a, so this is a jazz standard, and it was first famous in, the, mm. in about 1940 in a Broadway review, too, for the show. So it had been somewhere.
0: Would we have been in the era of electric guitar by this uh, but, I mean, because I think he, you know, Les Paul uh again it's the it's the picks actually isn't it mm. it's the uh, plectrums mm. i always think of as les paul oddly enough um but uh, i kind of think well maybe that was still acoustic mm. guitar and not and not mm. electric i don't know. you never I know
2: there was a lot of fuss when certain acts in the 60s went from yeah. being ac- like Dylan going electric and stuff but mm. presumably mm. Yeah, electric guitars would be well, it's a funny thing if you watch fifties movies.
0: You know, everybody. You know, the army movies, teen movies. every somebody in the room always has mm. a guitar, don't they? There's always, there's always some annoying sod who decides to yeah.
2: strum. <laughs> um, we have a familiar name next. We have Nacking Cole with too young for five mm. weeks. Um, too young for five
0: <laughs> weeks, but slightly older yeah. by the end. Um,
2: It it. Well, it's weird. Um, no, this this looks like it was. It wasn't by. It wasn't by him, but uh, um, it does appear to be a new song or a relatively new song when mm. it, it was. It was. Oh, it looks like Donny Usman covered it. Limey, uh, oh, in fact, it was. But Nat Nathaniel, I presume.
0: Nat, was the king a nickname or was the king an actual given know, name? I don't
2: know.
0: Because I always, th- I always, I'm, I, when you mention him now, I'm always thinking of the King inverted commas.
2: Yes, yes, and I thought he, he must have really hated Elvis, mustn't <laughs> he? It, it was Nathaniel Adams Coles. Um, ah, okay. So it's Nat- Coles, Adams. not and yeah, Coles, same, right? not just not Cole either. So. Slight, slight differences. I don't know where they... Don't know where the. The uh, king came from. I'm sure it's in there somewhere. Look on we w- listeners you have to look on Wikipedia. There's too much of it. <laughs> um, mm. We can't spoon feed uh, everything. No. <laughs> we've got th- <laughs> we've got three years to get through here. Although it's not as long as you not as long as you, as a usual year would be. But uh, um, next up we have Rosemary Clooney with uh, okay ah <laughs> the aunt of <laughs> the George. Yes, the um the, it's that come on to my house. That's i Think I think she has a coffee. Come on at my house. Come on. I think I sort of know that one. That's the six yeah. weeks. Um, and right. It looks like it looks like her version was at least one of the first. Uh, mm-hmm. Then we have a, then we have Tony Bennett, be, because Tony. of you for eight weeks. Is Tony Bennett still going? Yes, yeah, so I think he's still. Yeah. I think he's done a few standard albums with Lady Gaga so um, quite recently. Mm. Um, They've done really mm. well in that sort of crossover mm. sort of. So that must be one of the longest mm. careers. Then. It must be surely. Um, apparently, that's uh, Rodgers and Hammerstein. I can't see Rodgers Rogers um, It's Arthur Hamm- no. Hammerstein no. and Dudley Wilkinson, um, and, it no, actu- okay. and it was actually, like, a no song. Way. and it was actually when he when he did it. It was it was a song from 1940, so it was an old song. It, yeah. But it was used in wow. 1951 in a film called "I Was an American Spy." Um, so hmm. there's, there's yeah. a film I've never seen uh, now, now it looks like <laughs> that song did so well that the next number one was also by Tony Bennett uh, and that was for six weeks Cold Cold Heart and it's a, cool. um, a country music song originally recorded by Hank mm. Williams um, it does sound familiar as a title weirdly, unless it's been done a lot yeah, by other yeah. people it's one of those ones that's kind of considered part of the great American songbook so I imagine ah, a lot of people oh. have
0: the Great American Songbook.
2: Mm. Um, Who are we to argue with
0: the Great American Songbook?
2: I don't know what this must be—a very big book, <laughs>
0: into. Mul- no, it's great. Multiple volumes. Um, you think, oh, they haven't have just that? that the volume one is like six foot thick, and then volume two is a, a, a paperback. Yeah. It's all on Kindle. Oh.
2: Um, then we've only got two more. Um this right. this year we 've got Eddie Howard with sin it 's no sin number it's no um sin. Right. but uh, it 's no sin is in ba- in brackets it 's sin it 's no sin mm. so um two weeks though um
0: mr T. Davis will be using that as a okay. title for a thing before
2: you know um, it. apparently it says this is not to be confused by it 's a sin but mm. but but there was a I mean, not the Pet Shop Boys. uh, This is another another song called "It's." Um, Mm. And then the last number one of 1951 in the states was Johnny Ray and the Four Lads. Um, The Four Lads. Four Lads, (laughs) Lads. and it's called "Cry." Um, Cry. And it was number one for 11 weeks. So a big, a big one. Um,
0: Is that a bit of a soppy, soppy, sentimental ballad?
2: has has Ballard written it? So it probably isn't. It says the um, Ronnie Dove. I don't think I don't know Ronnie Dove. Ronnie Dove did a version in nineteen sixty six. Lynn Anderson, who I at least have heard of, for uh, mm. I know her for Rose Garden. Uh, she did a version in nineteen seventy two. Um, but although the lads, the lads.
0: Mm. I always think the lads is a very English expression. Really. Mm. You can't really. I can't see the lads
2: as an mm. American term. Uh, too. Crystal Gale did a version. Tammy Wynette. Um, David Cassidy, Liza Minnelli, um, Ray, Char- and we've never Ray Charles, Paul Anker, oh, Brenda Lee, those are just the names that I recognise out of that list, so yes, it's, it's written by Churchill Coleman, but, right. uh, it says it was first recorded by Ruth Casey, but it doesn't say how much earlier than than right. than this version. But
0: well, anyway, he made a few bob out of it, but the Mind you, 11 weeks, you know.
2: Okay. We'll go straight on to 52 now, but then we'll do 53, and queen, we'll be able to compare. 52, to the Queen!
0: We've got the but, Queen coming onto the crowd.
2: In fact, we, we, we,
0: yes. uh, this very week, uh, that was 70 years ago. Yeah.
2: Gosh. Um, our first number one in the States in 52 was Wheel of Fortune by K-Star. She is
0: What if they used it as the theme
2: for Wheel of Fortune? K- 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 K-Star... Um, her real name is Catherine Laverne Starks, but she's known professionally oh, okay. as K-Star. Um, K-Star, She was an American, like k Tell. <laughs> she was an American pop and jazz singer who enjoyed considerable success in the late 40s and 50s. Um, I don't know, Wheel of Fortune, a popular song by Benny Benjamin and George David Weiss, and it was kind of new in 51, um, And but mm-hmm. the, the hit version is... The big hit version is K-Stars' version, which got to number one for nine weeks. So, See, my
0: br- my brain is for some reason associating with the Everlys later,
2: but, mm. but I'm probably completely wrong about it. It's probably a completely different song, I don't think. Um, does it has? There are quite a few different versions. Mm, okay. um, D- Dinah Washington, Dina Washington. Never sure if it's Dinah or Dina. Um, that Ronnie Dove that I think I mentioned. He, he did a version of it. Was so. that Ronnie Dove? R- R- Ronnie Dove. He was um, basically. Always a scamp It looks like it, look, it looks like he was. Oh no, that's weird. Oh, it was an album he basically ah. he, he, when he was doing his album he was obviously looking at I wonder what uh, I'm going to cover songs from 1951 and nobody will remember them uh, because this this Wheel of F- it that very old oh, they, they were at least two years ago his, his his version of Wheel of Fortune was on the album of that previous song Cry that he, he did so yeah he obviously liked that era when he was when he was doing his own work in the mid 60s mid to late 60s um, I don't see a lot of other there's a lot of other names Ginny and the Gallons, the Four Flames. But I they're so obscure. Every time
0: you think you've come up with the most obscure band name,
2: well, it's pretty obscure. When on Wikipedia, it's a name that's in red, rather, so it doesn't have a it doesn't have a full entry. So, yeah. Um, so our next number one was LeRoy Anderson with Blue Tango. Um, Blue Tango. And Le and uh, LeRoy Anderson was an American composer of short, light concert pieces, many of which were introduced by the Boston Pops Orchestra under the direction of Arthur Fielder Felder.
0: Fair enough. I, I feel that blue tango would be something that had lots of additives in it. <laughs> yeah, in it. Yes. It's probably not something you should give to small Probably children, raspberry. Blue is often
2: collected there, with the raspberry, yeah.
0: They would be running around like, <laughs> like mad things. Mad things. They're little little toddlers would be biting your ankles <laughs> they'd be all over the place be, they'd be just uh, the sugar rush and the, and the additives would just be driving
2: It's a blue tango be, Do not? sounds like you want it, he, it sounds, sounds like you've really had a glass but <laughs> ah, yeah, I've, 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 uh, I'm
0: very tempted yeah. um, there is a, there is a, actually in America isn't there, there's a big blue drink yeah. that they sell over yeah. there and it's, uh, it just looks ghastly yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I imagine it's a staple because you grow up drinking it, it? so
2: yeah it's an instrumental um, Amanda Lear, the French singer Amanda Lear, did a version in, in 1977. She's, Presumably she added some words. Yeah. Yes, I imagine she, she just lard it. I don't know, it says... It's, <laughs> uh, <laughs> la, 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 uh, Like Ick does. Um, uh-huh. Yes, yeah, providing it with self-penned lyrics. Um, mm. Yeah, who else did it? I don't know any of these people. So, Well, the International Pops Orchestra, um, Teddy King, The Flea Wreckers... The, the Flea Wreckers, it's not even spelt like flea, it's flea as in running yeah, uh, it's just too I suppose much. the Flea
0: Musketeers which was something that sounds suddenly a bit like Michael Bentine's Potita <laughs> <time. laughs> My brain's
2: hurting <laughs> um, Apparently Le- Leroy Anderson was described as one of the great American masters of light orchestral music oh, um, okay. Next up we have Al Martino with Here In My Heart for two weeks oh, okay. Al Martino American singer and actor um he had great it is funny because I mean
0: I watch a lot of old telly a lot of old films and there are names that pop up as if everybody knows who they are and that's that's funny that name is familiar and I really don't know why but it's probably because of something I watched once upon a time and of course for a lot of you know sad though it may be for people who are in the public eye you know 40-50 years on people have
2: completely forgotten about you yeah I do recognise the name uh, Martina but I couldn't have told you any of the songs um but it says he was very successful as a singer uh, from the early fifties to the mid seventies. So. Oh I, 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 I get
0: this. I get this. It, it runs into my head that he was like he would he would guest
2: on the Love Boat or something. Like well, that. He, he played he, <laughs> he played the role of Johnny Fontaine in The Godfather. So that's why I know him. Mm. Um,
0: Johnny Fontaine. Mm. That's why the horse dies. I've never seen The Godfather,
2: but uh, oh, what? <laughs>
0: Okay, stop, right, like, stop, stop, stop.
2: I'll see you in three hours. <laughs> um yeah, he, he d- I wonder what other songs he had that were famous. He d- oh he did have a number one. Funnily enough, he has a number one in the UK in nineteen fifty two. Well considering as no. they there's barely a chart for nineteen fifty two in the UK. Um I, yeah, well we might find Yeah,
0: the fix was in. The godfather went and
2: saw the chart first. Yeah. Yes, um, that's what that's what I'm sure, mate. <laughs> yeah, he had a few. I love you because one of his hits. Mm. Uh, I love you more and more every day. He's saying he's he's, he's really trying to. Ch- a
0: lot of these turn up on my dad, dad's uh, Jim Reeves uh, comp- uh, compilations, uh, and uh, and even they're the sort of thing that would be done by Val Dudican mm. on a Saturday night.
2: It's quite. Where um, is where is he? Big? Oh yes, U- U.S. What's the- the US AC chart. Oh, adult contemporary. Ah. Uh, different from the Billboard. Um, the AC chart, as opposed to the DC chart. Yeah. Yes, uh, different chart. Definitely. Um, next up, we have "Delicado" by Percy Faith. Um, he, was a, Percy he was a Canadian band leader, orchestrator, yeah. composer, and conductor, known for lush arrangements of pop and Christmas standards. Yeah. he's often credited with popularizing the easy listening or mood music format. Uh well somebody had to do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh that was only number one for one week, but uh, um yeah, it has been covered by other people. Doctor John, um Three Sons, Dinosaur. Um mm. Oh it does have lyrics. <laughs> it uh mm. but uh, yeah, I mean this was these were new tunes at the time. That that mm. one wasn't a that one wasn't a, like a cover of something that was no, um, oh, I recognise the next one. For nine oh, for wow. nine weeks, we're in the summer of '52. Um, we have Vera Lynn with Vera. with Alveda Desain, sweetheart. Um, right. Okay, yeah. Why do you know that one particular? Oh no, I don't know that song. I mean, I I, I, oh, I, yeah, meant oh, I you knew you Vera Lynn. The name. But, right. yeah. oh, right. Okay. No, no. <laughs> I thought I thought you had a you
0: had a, you had, a, you had a, in the back of your cupboard you had a, a Vera's Greatest Hits or something. Well, I might do, but um, actually, On, underneath the bunting, for whenever there's a Saint George's Day parade. Actually, actually <laughs> funnily enough,
2: some of the records I bought when I bought them from like discogs or from proper oh, yeah. vinyl, like not not just from eBay, um, they were coming yeah. from proper. That they would to to pack the the stuff they were sending. Sometimes they they. Put albums to to like as, as packaging, so you'd get you. Wow. I get my Archie's album, and then there'd be two yeah. other. There'd be like really weird albums, or like uh, you know ones that I wouldn't actually. What like the actual LP? Yeah, because they or obviously just the yeah Yeah, they, um, I think the albums. Are really, I mean, in some cases, I think sometimes it's the sleeve, really. just the sleeve, and sometimes it's. I mean, it might be on sort of albums where they. It's been damaged, but they've kept the packaging for packaging reasons. Uh, like for, um, but I'm sure I've received a few albums where there were actual albums in these sleeves um, because they're presumably not sellable, but or they're yeah. scratched or. But I haven't had the heart to throw them away because I want to look at a bit more into them as to what on earth. Have I've you actually played them? Not anyone? yet, but I've kept them because I will do at some point. That's the soundtrack to a future edition. Yeah, you just of the do. shy life because it could have something wonderful, and I can possibly get rid of it as, as it's come into my house. Um, it could be. you know, are you're you not another hoarder. Or not in a bad, not not in a bad way, but I'm a bit hoardy. But yeah,
0: not not it, not in a. a Oh, was it carnivorous? Yeah, well,
2: there's, ho- there's hoarding where people have like pizza boxes and newspapers, mm. like to the point where they can't get into their house. And, and there are mm. people who keep things that they kind yeah, so of. Mine's can,
0: physical media. Yeah, physical. I'm surrounded yeah.
2: by physical media. I'm surrounded by physical media, but you know, they're, 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 they're not. They have some use, potential use, Mm -hmm. theoretically. Theoretically, yes, but it's not pizza boxes. (laughs) The people I think (laughs) of is or people who've kept kept leads from computers that have long since died, or you know that that's that's hoarding. Oh no! Don't Uh, tell me that. No, no. uh, Well, okay. when it's like in the. My middle. problem is, I can
0: never actually tell what lead it is, so I thought, oh, well, better hang on to it because I might need it for something. I'm thinking of it. Even though it's possibly from f- some phone I've not used in of I'm anymore. thinking
2: of those ones where the people have kept um, newspapers so much and it's like a tunnel to get into the living room mm. um, through the through the uh, maze of. of, of yes, it's not quite that. No, that's right. Towers. It's getting there, <laughs> but. Uh, yeah. oh, okay, okay. Um, so right. Current. This is weird. I better read this bit. Um, Currently, Alfreda's in Sweetheart is tied with Hey Jude for third amongst longest running number one songs by British artists behind Candle in the Wind. Um, um, oh, and We Find Love by Rihanna and Calvin Harris. Um, I guess, yeah, I guess it's it's um, yeah, it's it. British act that stayed in number one very long time in America makes it uh, a part of a record. Um fair enough. Um apparently the song was written in hospital for his wife Maria, who uh, um uh, and he whilst he was ill, the the, the guy who wrote it school um I don't know, Storch. It doesn't say his it's not the person obviously it's not the person who sung it, it doesn't say who Storch hmm. is. Oh no, Eberhard Storch. Ah um,
0: blimey Nelson, that's, that's an a German
2: album. a German composer. Um right. Um, apparently, there's a famous Demi- Demis Roussos version. Um, he covered it in 1974. Oh, as did Connie Francis, Teddy Johnson, uh, Jim Reeves, Mantovani. Uh, but basically, if you were anybody, you covered. But Vera Lynn got there first. Uh, of course. and yeah, that was number one for nine weeks. Um,
0: first onto the beaches.
2: <laughs> next up, we have Joe Stafford. Um, okay. she's an American traditional pop music singer and occasional actress whose career spanned five decades from the late 30s to the early 80s mm-hmm. so she was pretty well established um, she must, yeah. you know, 20 year a she already had a lengthy career isn't it? Um, the song is You Belong To Me uh, number one for five weeks you belong to me you, I, no, I, no. well I don't yeah. know
0: everybody tells me <laughs> <you. laughs>
2: Well, it's a ballad. It could be. I don't, let me see who else covered it. Uh,
0: I, think, I think I'm going to think it open
2: her bits there. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, unless they... But well, I suspect it's a different one. Um, um, Bingo Starr did a version in 1981. Bica- no. Bic Astley did a version. No! Uh, Corey Amos did a version. No! Um, <laughs> uh, where are we going to find... Oh, I wouldn't to see whether there must be a different one from hermit i would imagine so and they did they did do some funny things like i'm henry the eighth i am i i don't know whether that was i don't know whether um that was a cover at the time or whether that was written in that style um anyway moving on we have patty page i went to uh, the song is and the song is i went to your wedding um it's written, wow. written well that sounds dull doesn't yeah. it oh, I went to the chip shop I remember you did bring a you did bring a, uh, oh, I haven't got the buffet was rubbish I, I can't I don't I can't even click on Patty Page she doesn't have a page Patty Page doesn't there's have no a page, page. page. No, there's, no Patty, there's no Patty Page no Patty Page page um, oh, well that's
0: shocking shocking um, that, we must rectify this at once it, I, if I only had I've only had the access codes um, um, it's funny the name is familiar weird Mm. I
2: don't know why particularly Alma Cogan did a yeah. version Alma oh, I bet John I bet John not like that he liked Alma Cogan mm. um, um, what else was I going to say about it it was written by um, J- Jesse Mae Robinson and it was like a new, a right. new song at the time um, not much else about that song um, then we have Johnny Stanley Um. It's in the book, parts one and two, only for one week. Right. Johnny Stanley... It's in the book. Yeah, Johnny Stanley was an American musician, actor and comedian.
0: Right. Um, don't get me wrong, but there's, there's not much in the way of inspiring titles here, really. You know, I went to your wedding, it's in the book. It's just...
2: Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah? Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not exactly rock and roll, is it? <laughs> it's a recorded comic monologue partly sung, partly an exhortation in the manner of a revivalist preacher on the subject of Little Bo Peep. Well, well, there you go. comedy was different back in those days. (laughs) It is, yes, indeed. (laughs) The idea of what was comedy, what was funny. we'll probably listen to it. Then again. We won't be rolling in the aisles if we we actually heard it. I'm
0: not not sure. I think think in some ways modern comedians are um, are, are even worse. (laughs) Maybe maybe a bit more of that wouldn't be a worse thing at the moment.
2: Um... Now, the next one is Joni James, an American singer of traditional pop music. Did she grow up to be Joni Jett? <laughs> I don't think she did. She, her real name is Giovanni <laughs> Carmela Babbo.
0: Blimey.
2: Um, wow. I don't... OK. She's, she's still alive. She's 91. Oh, um, you. At time of record. She hasn't... Uh, yeah. She hasn't... Um, her career stopped... Well, her music career stopped in 1964, so... Um, mm. So she's had a long retirement. She had or did she had a, a number eleven hit in nineteen fifty two in the UK with Why Don't You Believe Me? Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: okay. Which well, because I don't believe you, Paul. That's why. I don't believe she had a number <laughs> eleven hit in nineteen fifty four. I I absolutely yeah.
2: completely refuse to believe it. Uh, actually that's that's then she had between nineteen fifty three and nineteen fifty four, all of her singles were around I've never seen so many twenty twos and twenty-threes in a row. <laughs> um
0: well, maybe that's it. She found she found her niche. Mm. There, was, there was so many people would buy it and no more. Actually her
2: latest singles did even worse. So maybe she yeah. just gave up and had a family or something.
0: Um, you never know. You never know what. Into. She might have been she might have been serving chips to you on the M1 <laughs> and you'd never have known.
2: And, uh, I guess. Why don't you believe me is the song we're talking about. Um so it was a hit in the UK as well just not as big a hit uh, mm. oh Patty Patty Page did a version I'm beginning ah. it's all oh it's all, it's all too much um,
0: maybe they're the same
2: person lots, maybe. yes it's,
0: a, it's an alter that's why there's go. no
2: page for it secret identity Pat Boone did, loads of people did a version of this song um, ah, Patty Boom. Patty Ba Patty Boone Page Page Page. I was I, this has nothing to do with what we're talking about but I was yeah. ex- I was I ex- was um, I got all excited when I saw that it was Patrick Whitney's 100th anniversary. Ah, and yes. then the next day it was Hattie Jakes's um, 100th. Mm-hmm. I didn't realise that they was they you know, like they were wow. similar, they were almost the same age. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, this song Brenda Lee did a version. Uh, Pat Boone, Bing Crosby, uh, lots of lots of other people that I don't recognise. Mm-hmm. No, no, Dean Martin, I recognise him. Now, the last number one... Oh, that was um, You Don't Believe Me was number one for four weeks. And this must be... We'll just read the last one, and then we'll skip over to the only number one that was recorded in the UK okay. in 1952. Um, for the entire year, it's the coronation theme. <laughs> coronation <laughs> Street. No, too early for coronation street. Uh, you don't say that often. Uh, um, the last number ah. The last number one was I Saw Mummy Kissing Santa Claus for two weeks. I Saw and
0: Mummy that, Kissing
2: Santa And that was by Jimmy Boyd. Um, ah. And he was—is
0: that the—is that the recognised version? Because again, that's one of those songs that everybody seems to have done, isn't it?
2: Um, it does—it does say he is a, a singer, musician, and actor, best known for his recording of. So I imagine it must be. Mm-hmm. Um, it, um, although it does say, it, it does say one of the other surviving versions from the same time. Was from mm. was by our friend Betty White on the Betty White Show, Crikey. Uh, from the mid in the mid fifties.
0: Again, yeah, you, you that it, it, it sort of boggles the mind that her career was that long mm-hmm. as well. It it, it 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 messes with your head sometimes that that people you can be watching as you, you know as as adults in stuff in the 50s and 60s or, or, you know we're rattling along well into the sort of 21st century
2: now jimmy boyd was married to somebody you'll recognize the name of um okay uh, no challenge but he was married he he was married to her before well she may have been famous but she wasn't famous for the role mm. that i know her for she was mm. he, he was married to yvonne craig Oh, TV, Bat TV's Batgirl. Yeah, TV's Batgirl. But they were divorced oh. by sixty-two. So, um, uh, so this was before.
0: You see, I guy, I, I, Yvonne Craig surely can't have been old enough to have been married and
2: Yvonne divorced. Right? 60, yeah. um, that's a, that's astonishing. The, oh well, I've got her. Yvonne Craig was born in nineteen thirty-seven, forty-seven, fifty. So she was about thirty when she did Batgirl. Mm. Um, Mind you, when you think about
0: it, was her name? Uh, Caroline Ford was, mm. was had had a child, didn't she? By mm. the time she was making... When she was being Susan Susan in Doctor Who, yes.
2: So um, it's
0: kind of a, a bit of a... It's always
2: sort of... Yeah, doesn't compute. Yeah. yeah, I think she'd been acting, certainly, from the late 50s. So, um, mm. yes. Fair enough. Um, right, let's just jump over, and then we'll just do 1953... Um, mm-hmm. More, in a more normal way, so we actually have comparable. Wow! Songs.
0: Du, 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 du. So actually, we have to do it on a different kind of
2: instrument. So literally, and they won't take long to discuss this. The only number one, oh, um, I'm confused, but but anyway, um, the, the only number one we have recorded for 1952 is by Al Martino, and it's here in my heart for nine weeks. Oh, cool. Um... Okay. I'm, just, I'm just trying to work out why they started. It was a different time, yeah, just, wasn't it? Just trying to work out why they started an album chart right at the end of the year. Um,
0: well, try it out this year, and if it works, we'll do it again next year. Uh,
2: uh, now, it says... Oh, no, that's in the 1950s. I'm just trying to see if there's any anything that says why the chart... Began. began Record charts in the UK began life in 1952 when Percy Dickens from the NME imitated an idea started in the American Billboard magazine ah. and began p- compiling a hit parade. Prior to this There you go. Yeah, prior to this the song's popularity was measured by terms of sheet music. Initially Dickens telephoned a sample of around twenty shops asking for a list of the ten best selling <laughs> songs. These results were then aggregated to give a top twelve chart published in Enemy, um, on the fourteenth of November nineteen fifty two, and the number one mm. single for the rest of the year was Here in My Heart. This is it,
0: Paul. We could we could start <laughs> a, a, a top ten something or other based on People we know. Yeah,
2: we just have pod- a podcast <laughs> list, and it will just be people. Did you download his podcast this week? Oh yes, I did. Oh no, not I didn't. I skipped it this week. Um, uh, no, just- that's it, because basically that's that's what you said. You say six shops or twelve, what? I think
0: twelve. Shops. Yeah, it's like it's it's not exactly the biggest <laughs>
2: sample, is it? No. let um, So great oaks, great oaks, great, great ideas do grow. It's probably about the only way we're going to. Beat any of those multi-million downloading podcasts. If we don't even include, ah. we don't even include them because nobody downloads them. Uh, no, do no. So, well, well, I, I think if you
0: changed your name to David Tennant, <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, we could do that. As we've come over to the UK, um, we'll stay here because I'm not. I'm not coming <laughs> over just for it's, one song. Yeah. It's, so it's,
0: it's it's grim. It's grey. Yeah. It's it's austere. So, it's it's raining we're, probably. Uh, we're all wearing clothes that that suits sort of people 30
2: years older than us wow, I've just
0: rea- it's Britain in the 50s it's 1953
2: it's the year of Quatermass I just realized I just realized that Icky's is going to struggle to uh, sing a lot of these <laughs> songs because I don't I mean because uh, yeah they
0: didn't have space did they they didn't have space back then they, those those songs just didn't make it out into maybe space he
2: can, Maybe maybe you can sing one or two songs at the end
0: It's before Sputnik yeah. before Sputnik was transmitting yeah. them on you see
2: So we'll so we'll stay in um Will stay in the UK for fifty three, and that means that you get uh, Uncle John to do it instead. Yeah. Um, our first number one is that Joe Stafford with "You Belong to Me," uh, oh. only for one week. Yeah. Um, mm. Then we have K Star, um, right. and we've had we've had we've had K Star in America in fifty, 50 yes. two, but don't well, think with a difference, so to speak. Yeah, <laughs> this is this is comes along a love. Um, Right, oh, it comes along Yeah, it was written by the Ramalama Ding <laughs> It was written by Tin Pan Alley songwriter Al Sherman, um, right. and it it was adapted from the final part of the overture to Rossini's opera Semi Semiromant. Oh, if it can't be a Rossini Um that sounds horrible. That was only number. Sounds like Star Trek. Yeah, that that. Uh, that was only for one week too. Um, then we have Eddie Fisher. Uh Eddie, Eddie Fisher who was Harry's dad. Yeah, married to Debbie Reynolds. Um yeah. and I guess oh, uh, actually was he married to Elizabeth Taylor as well. Oh no, he was uh Fisher divorced his first wife, Debbie Reynolds, to marry yes, he did marry Elizabeth Taylor. I thought so. I've read her I've read her um autobiography. Um I've read both their autobiography. well, I've read autobiographies involving both of those Um, Outside of Heaven um, it was originally written by Sammy Gallop and Chester Conn but I think Eddie Fisher's version was the first famous version Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting to see some of these record labels, they're all really well known names like Columbia and HMV uh, Decker Phillips um, the fix was in mate yeah. that's what it was mm-hmm. um, after that we have Pericomo with mm-hmm. don't let the stars get in your eyes for five weeks uh, you think if because if, he, he had a good head of hair didn't he, he wasn't a Perico he
0: was, he was, <laughs> he, he was do, you, do we do we feel it was a convincing
2: uh, head of hair I'll have to <laughs> have a look I, haven't, I don't think I'd seen many pictures of him when, at this age before um but uh, well, a lot of people covered this, Dean Martin again, mm-hmm. uh, Slim Whitman, Jodie Lewis, Slim, Katie Lang. Uh, Do you think, what, what, why, I suppose Slim is, is a
0: nickname like anybody else, but does that mean there was a portly Whit- Whitman as well? <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, or Fats even, you know, we've got Fats done things, so
0: Yeah. Yes, I suppose so. Gosh, they, they didn't care in those days, did they? <laughs> Once you had a nickname, it was stuck with it. I mean, you could you could lose forty pounds, you'd still be.
2: Fun. Well, you know, I'm only, I'm only occasionally shy, but I've become shy and itty in the last twenty years. Ah. Um. That's a choice, then. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it was forced on me by my fans. <laughs> um, next, we have. Guy Mitchell. Okay,
0: before you were Shy Yeti, were you known as just Yeti then? Was that? Was I, that...
2: I, yeah. no, I wasn't. I, I, I it's a long story. It's um, all ah. to do with Doctor Who. Doctor Who forums when there were first forums around. Wow. Um, uh, our next number one is Guy Mitchell, American pop star and actor. Guy Mitchell. We'll probably get some of these. Probably
0: find I don't know, I, I, th- I think it, I, again that's one of those names that comes round again but I think of him as a, as a television presenter Guy Mitchell, I don't know why
2: um, probably another one it were, he was an American pop star and actor successful in the States, the UK and Australia um, mm-hmm. he starred in the ABC's The Guy Mitchell Show in the late 50s and he right. was he appeared as George Romack on the NBC western detective series Whispering Smith uh, Fair enough um, Yeah I don't know what I don't know what else he, he did He died in 1999 age 72 uh, no, no. Um, Oh I didn't even tell you what the song was by him Guy, Guy Mitchell's song was She Wears Red Feathers um, which was written by Bob Merrill um, but uh, looks like it was relatively new at the time. Four weeks. Then we have the Stargazers. Um, Broken Wicks, The Stargazers. Stargazers yes. um, they're they're going to be busy later in the decade? they were a British vocal group founded in okay. 1949 by Cliff Adams and Ronnie Milne. Um, right. I wonder if... Just check, there's nobody famous in... Somebody who's even more famous in them. Uh... Somebody, uh, very shortly after the group made their first broadcast with BBC Radio on such programmes as Workers Playtime and The Goon Show, Dick James decided to resume his career as a a solo vocalist. Wow.
0: Everything's connected. You'll you'll end up on The Goon Pod. (laughs) Um,
2: With that sort of factoid. uh, Yes, But it's... I'm just repeating bits out of Wikipedia, really, but never mind. <laughs> I don't say it. I'm not sure it's knowledge. Um, the song It is now. It is now. I, I might remember some of it. I'll start dreaming about it. Um, <laughs> the, the, the song is, I think I said, the song is Broken Wings. Only one week. Um, it's funny how these titles come around, isn't it? Um, the next song is, oh, How Much Is That Doggy In The Window, which I think a different version of it had been number one in the States earlier in the decade. Only for one week, by Lita's, Lita Reza. Um, right.
0: As opposed to that, how much is that dogger in the
2: window, which is a completely yeah, yeah. um, it was. It's only written in 52, so maybe I'm being unkind. Maybe this is the first version. Wow. Maybe maybe that we're going to come across it in the States as well. <laughs> um, oh, Patty page, Again. Patty page did a version. Right. <laughs> oh, Patty Page does have a, a page. It's just that ah. in that... Somebody hadn't bothered to link it in that previous. Uh, uh, okay. She, Patty Page, lived till 2013. She was 85. Um, anyway,
0: the name was very
2: familiar. It, did, it, it was surprised that there was there was nothing. So that's good. Yeah. I'll look her up later. Yeah, she does have. She just seem to have done a lot of things like throughout the decades as uh, well. Mm. She had. Um short discography. I don't think we've got sorry Patty, I don't think we, well, at least we know you have a page, Patty. Uh, mm-hmm. we'll co- we'll come back and look at the Patty page another time. Yes. Um then we have Frankie Lane um with I believe Frankie Lane, Not, Frankie Lane. <laughs> as opposed to Brian Street. Yes. He he's um he's an American singer, so we'll probably come across him again. Um mm. and I believe now um, I believe I believe. was a very big hit. Yes. Um, and it wasn't number one for just one week. It, um, it was number one for, for... every drop of rain that falls, a flower grows, is it number I'm one? I'm not sure. It, it was number one... Uh, well, it appears three times. Um, yeah, yeah. It was so it has periods, then something else comes to number one, then it comes back again. See,
0: I'm thinking of a Harry Seacum version. I don't know why. I'm feeling that that's that's a Harry
2: Seacum standard. <laughs> it was basically number one for eighteen weeks, but not in, ordin- but, but not consecutively. I mean I got bored of that one from the yeah, weddings. I mean film. I think I think um Brian Adams and Whitney Houston's long running songs <gasps> weren't anywhere near as long as eighteen weeks. They were in the early teens hell
1: yeah
2: um let me see popular you know <laughs> so that basically takes us through to september something like <laughs> that yeah um i'm just trying to see pat boone did it uh mm. tom jones did it alice presley tom. did it Rapparata mm. and the Delrons did it i like mm. Rapparata and the Delrons. um well yeah uh but barbara streisand um Mm. I demand. To, I I want to know why Harry Secom
0: isn't listed. I know he did that on Stars on Sunday for about <laughs> sixteen
2: weeks. Well, it it was um, yeah, it was it was number one for nine weeks on its first appearance. Then right. then Eddie Fisher showed up again. Eddie with ah, good old I'm am wa- walking behind you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Stalker you're basically song. stalking me then. Um, yeah. Um, That's sinister. Yeah. It's
0: late at night. You hear the the footfalls behind. You.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, for, <laughs> only for one week, but then you know. Uh, well, you got arrested, yeah. obviously. <laughs> then um, Frankie Lane, with I believe again for six weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, Lord. Then people really liked that, didn't they? Yeah, and then Mantovani with the song for Moulin Rouge, okay. um, uh, which yeah think... Uh, Presumably, is not the you no, know Nicole Kidman from the nine. It's from. Uh, it says it's also called its April again, but I, <laughs> I don't know. But anyway, yes, it was from a film version of Moon and Moose from 1950. As opposed, to it's Frankie again. Yeah. Um Well, it is actually Frankie again. It's Frankie Lane again with I believe, um, for three oh. for three more weeks. Uh, Bloody hell!
0: Is that so? Is the eighteen weeks? Is that? Is that 18 plus the, the 6 plus the 3? or no, is that nine plus, plus three, um, 9
2: plus 6 plus 3. 9
0: plus 6 plus 3. So he actually had a, a, a nice mathematical progression, 9, 6, 3 as well. That was the the three times table going, yeah. going backwards. Wow.
2: Um, tell you, you, you couldn't plan that. No. Could you? The, then we have Guy Mitchell again. We'd look at that girl for six weeks. Uh, that was also written by Bob Merrill, which um, wrote, who Who's who? that girl <laughs> Running around with you Not no. that one, um, Tell me it's, it's, um, Bob Merrill wrote, seems like he wrote um, Guy Mitchell's other hit this year um, uh, I think I, I was thinking of Guy Mitchell Moore earlier oh, yes, Weirdly, as, yeah.
0: the, as the UK TV <laughs> presenter The son of Cliff presumably, but not that Cliff The, other cliff, no. the other cliff, Cliff Mitchell Moore Holiday Cliff Yeah um, Oh, no, don't go at the cliff on a holiday. No, it's all getting it's all getting confused in my head.
2: I can't stand the confusion in my mind. <laughs> um, so that was for six weeks. Then we just have four mm. more left in the UK. Well, yeah. actually, oh dear, it gets more confusing. Then we have... Oh, is Frankie back? Yeah, Frankie's back, but with a different song. He's no. with Hey Joe for two weeks. Hey Joe. But it's not... But it's not I don't think it's Hey Joe that... I don't think COVID, it's man. Hey Joe that... Um, um, jimmy Jimi hendrix did and the birds did and lots of people did it. don't think it is because it doesn't mention those names so no it's a different it's a different, different hey joe. joe hey joe don't bother me hey joe <laughs> Not that one. Is it? i don't know uh it wasn't half as big but a hit.
0: it'll be on one of those free lps you got through it the wasn't movie. half as big a hit as i believe
2: anyway but uh, <laughs> but uh, now i believe in joe now we have um next number 1 is David Whitfield answer me for what for okay. one week now i remember david whitfield was a popular british male tenor vocalist from hull um okay and he says he became the first british artist to have a uk number 1 single in the uk and in the united states with caramia oh, um there you go let, Cara so the song is answer me and we'll look more into the song in a minute because I just need to read the other mm. two, as you'll soon see. So, David Whitfield's version of Answer Me was number one for one week. Then Frankie Lane did a version of Answer Me. Frankie Lane. He did a version right. of Answer Me, and that was number one for eight weeks. So that's the answer to Answer Me. Yeah. but then There's an answer. It's like a battle of the bands, isn't it? It? <laughs> it is. And then the last number one of 1953 in the UK... Was David Whitfield's version of "Answer Me" again? Mm. So, look. That's so, I think just I, I, I think I need to look a bit into um, the actual song. It's it was originally titled Mutterlein, with it was with German lyrics, oh. um, and that was originally published in 1952. But then the English lyrics were written um, and. Uh, English language version was done in, mm. in the in late fifty three. Um that's bizarre though. Sort of, yeah. It? So sort of F- Frankie Lane and David Whitfield.
0: Is it just that people kept sort of going to the shop? No, I didn't mean that version. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Well David Whitfield's version was certainly a lot less um popular than the Frankie Lane version, but I, I, my, I think my dad likes David Whitfield or he, I, I thought it was certainly a name I recognise. Uh, so
0: the power of the brand. Yeah. The power of the brand.
2: Now, other people that did answer me include um, The Bachelors, Petula Clark, Nat King Cole, mm-hmm. Harry Connick Jr., Bing Crosby, Barbara Dixon, um, Engelbert Humperdinck, <laughs> gentlemen, Barbara Dixon, <laughs> um, Engelbert Humperdinck, Jody, no, uh, Joni Mitchell, yes, Gene um, Pitney, P.J. Proby, Ray Stevens. Um, um, Brian Ferry Roy Orbison um, Will Young um, uh, and that's, that's um, and there are other people I'm leaving out and that's just the A side yes, the people I'm, I'm leaving out that are less famous um,
0: yes we don't care about them we're, we're very, we're, we're very, you know, we, we, we like, we like our proper stars here on the old Shy life, <laughs> yeah. don't we? we don't know. These also uh forget about them.
2: People who've appeared as singing guests on on Little and Large, and things like that. <laughs> uh, No, no disrespect to Barbara Dixon, who I actually really like. Uh, but uh, now, let's go over to America and see what's going on over it. You
0: weren't there getting up.
2: to. Now they've got a lot less number ones. Um, okay. Uh, but I think we're going to rattle through them because most of them, well, a lot of them are what we've heard in, in the UK. But mm-hmm. um, first, number one in the in the states, 1953, is "Don't Let the Stars Get in Your Eyes" by Perry Como. Ow! Well, it would it would be painful. Yeah, it? it really would be yeah. and, that, and that's for five weeks. Then we have mm. one we don't we haven't seen for Teresa Brewer, "Till I Walt right. Till I Waltz Again with You." Um, it's a popular song written by Sid Prosen. Teresa mm. Brewer doesn't actually have a um, a link.
0: Which so. chart is this? Because it it sounds I mean, the, the the waltz with you. I mean, it sounds very middle of the
2: road, sort of popular, you know, kind it's of. The only thing chart. It. It's it's the it, only you know, chart I can find for 1953 in yeah. America, but uh, okay. um, fair enough.
0: The Billboard. Um, so, I, again, I suppose. But then again, you think about something like uh, Eurovision. You know, the early songs are are very much of that. Ilk can't they? You know, they they sort of homely, homespun. It think.
2: says rather than a waltz, as the title suggests, it is a slow A A B A shuffle. I don't know what that means. What does that oh. mean? Um, It'll be to do with feet APA, but with too many A's. Um, <laughs> ah! Armagh Kogan did a version of it. Uh, Elvis Presley did a version. Um, doesn't tell me. Oh, here we are. Teresa Brewer does have a a link. It's another one of those articles where. The the main the, the, this this list hasn't given her a link, but if you look further, um, there are links. Okay. Um, she was an American singer whose style incorporated pop, country, jazz, R and B, musicals, and novelty songs. She Fair she enough. was one of the most popular female singers of the nineteen fifties, recording nearly six hundred songs. She lived. Well, six hundred. She lived until oh. two thousand seven, aged seventeen In the same week. Um, one of Elvis Presley's first public singing experiences in 12th grade was performing a song of Brewer's, Till I Waltz Again with You. Wow. there you
0: um,
2: go. Great Oaks again. She did have, oh, she did have, later in the, we might see her again. I don't actually, I don't think she's, I, I don't have so much um, information about other things that weren't no. number one. But well, big hits, so I don't have as much information mm. on that. But she didn't have any number ones in the UK, but she did have like top three hits later in the decade in the UK. So um, after Teresa Brewer we had Patty Page mm. with the Doggy in the Window. Ah. Uh, no, just a minute. Who was the who was having the doggy in the window in the UK? That was somebody else. It's,
0: it's such a staple though, isn't it? You know, and, and yet you kind of still can't imagine it's a as a as a as a chart topper. It yeah. just feels like one of those songs that, that, that your dad sang when you yeah. were trying to get to sleep or you, on a long car journey or, or it would sort of turn up with the Mike Sammy singers doing <laughs> it on some children's record. Yeah, and It really doesn't feel like a, you know, a, a bona fide chart smash hit, does the ver-
2: it? The version that was number one in the UK was by Lita Rosa, so it's okay. one of those cases where there were lots of people of rose. <laughs> <laughs> oh I forgot to say how long so Perry Como was number one for five weeks yeah. Teresa Brewer was number one for five weeks and Patty Page's version of The, the Doggy in the Window was number one for eight weeks good
0: um, eight weeks at the yeah. top of the chart all across America that's the song
2: they were buying oh, that, it, it boggles the mind doesn't it yeah. um then we have Percy Faith with that song from okay. Moulin Rouge. Oh, mm-hmm. which here is called Where Is Your Heart? Oh, um, okay. Oh, no. Then when you click on it, it says it's April again. Oh, I don't know. Mm. That was number one for ten weeks in the States. Um, right. Uh, then we have Eddie, Eddie Fisher with I'm Walking Behind You Again. Mm. And he manages an extra week. This, he he, he well, yeah.
0: <laughs> Obviously, they're the more uh, happier with uh, stalking in America, but equally, maybe there's a whole east coast west coast thing yes. he, he he was he was following somebody on the east coast then he flew over to the
2: west coast <laughs> well he, he he had number one for two weeks with that right. in, in the states where he just had the one week in the uk yeah. then we had
0: yeah, we, we we kicked him up kicked him out of the country with a flea in his ear and said go go over to america and stalk people over there on both sides of the continent <laughs>
2: well our next number one is probably just about our longest running number one in the states in 1953 okay. it's les paul and mary ford with ah. Fea Con Dios, may god be with you um, a popular song written by larry russell in his yeah. james and buddy pepper and first recorded by anita o'day in december 52 um it
0: that's was num- spanish influence isn't it in, uh, in american culture very much uh, embracing it in in that era it was number one uh, for 11 time.
2: weeks mm. so. wow uh, We only have two left. Um, OK. In October, we have Stan Freeberg. Now, it says Stan Freeberg was uh, actor, author, comedian, musician, radio personality, puppeteer, and advertising creative director. Blimey,
0: Um, Charlie,
2: that's what you call a varied career,
0: isn't it? Was he no good at any of them, or was
2: he brilliant at all of them? He's known for a TV show called Time for Beanie. He does multiple characters on Looney Tunes, such as... Pete Puma. I don't know Pete Puma, I don't think. Um, and sounds,
0: sounds to me like a Pepe Le Pew rip-off.
2: And Bertie, Hubie and Bertie, and a number of classic... Uh, trying to see if he's... He's got connections with doing uh, Version a version of the Jabberwocky. Um, okay trying to see something that we, we, we might better go oh that he oh he, um time for beanie is where he did voices and puppet and puppeteered right um wasn't that, just he so, he so you might a woolly hat so you wouldn't necessarily <laughs> recognize him from it if you didn't you know um no.
0: uh, imagine there's a lot of those uh popular shows uh, i mean that's funnily enough i mean they get referenced in things like uh, tarantino films that we weren't really aware of, you know, Captain Kangaroo and all that kind of thing, they they, they were big over there and they shaped a generation, but of course they weren't um, they didn't cross-pollinate, they didn't make well, it. Well, that's cross- the
2: thing, I mean, I was talking to somebody about Tarantino the other day and mm. um, he he uses quite a lot of music from relatively obscure like Italian mm. giallos and, um, and mm. things like that, which you'd have to even be, so you might just think, oh, well, this is a good bit of music without realising it was mm another film um, mm. from fifty years ago, sort of thing. But I mean, mm. that, I mean, that's what He likes to do so if you know much about him, then you so probably... that's why you need to listen to those LPs they sent you yeah. by accident. So yeah. I could be I when I am in Tarantino's place, I'll play some really obscure,
0: absolutely. you say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick this obscure, virile <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and
2: make it huge. Yeah. Everyone will be going, Oh, that's so cool. When did you discover that? Ah, like, oh, there's a story behind this. Um, <laughs> well, Stan Friedberg's song was called St. George and the Dragonette. Ah, okay. um, it says it's a short audio satire. Um, I suspect it's sexist in some way. <laughs> it's a spoof combining The Tale of St George and the Dragon mm. with with Dragnet, the radio, which was a radio series at the time. Ah. I mean, so it sounds like a bit of a mess, but it's probably... Uh, um, it was probably hilarious. probably hilarious. It was probably utterly hilarious. Yeah. Um, yeah. anyway, interesting. interesting. You forget
0: the influence of radio back then, of course. I mean, telly is not, hasn't taken off yet in quite the way it will. So, yeah. yes, it's, uh, you, you forget radio comedy and radio, th- those kind of light sort of entertainment things would have had a lot of power.
2: There's lots of mentions of Maidens. Anyway, um... <laughs> the last, of course, there is. Yes, that was for, for number one for four weeks. And the last number one okay. was Tony Bennett, um, Tony, with um, "Rags to Riches" uh, okay. for six weeks. Now it says this was a popular song by Richard Adler and Jerry Ross. Um, um, th- Adler and Ross. I think that Elvis did a version in the seventies. Um, yes. Oh, yes. There's not a lot about this one, but um, yeah it looks like Elvis did a version in 1971
0: okay. it hung about
2: then it, it had reach
0: it, its tentacles went in a couple of decades down the line
2: so that's kind of it um, Ooh, okay. for what we're going to cover for this episode um, what I'm thinking we'll do in future episodes is we'll do two years, like we did with the early 60s mm. stuff, and because we haven't got so much information, we'll mm. we'll do 54 and 55, then we'll do 56, okay. 67, then 58 and 59, yeah. and then we'll have to think of something new to talk the about. The loop after. will be closed again! Yes, um, and then we'll probably do some of our talking yes, about... Popular sheet music of the 1930s! Well, I thought what we could do, because you missed out talking about some of those later 70s groups, we mm. we could... We could talk about some of the groups that were big in that period so we get to talk Mm -hmm. about that so we'll we'll talk we'll talk because
0: your audience needs to know my total ignorance on so many things yes quite right people
2: (laughs) people want to hear what your thoughts are Um, i'm sure they don't but yes (laughs) well they're going to (laughs) (laughs) um all i can't get away with it that easily Holmes. I i won't um i won't give away too much um but we haven't seen the last of eddie fisher Mm-hmm. Um, Rosemary Clooney's name comes up uh, mm-hmm. more than once. Um, oh, she was a, she was a big star. Yeah. Rosemary Clooney. People
0: forget that because obviously of of George, but yeah. but she she was she was huge. Um,
2: Perry Como, Doris Day, um, and uh, yeah, and some of these names. Uh, we haven't seen the last of Dav- D- uh, David Whitfield either. Or, um, Frank Sinatra, Vera Lynn. We, I can see Vera Lynn is back, and Winif- Winifred Atwell as well. Uh, well there you go. But, uh, Anyway, we'll save that till next time. Um, indeed. We'll hopefully coming up at the end of the episode. We'll have Ick at least attempting. I mean, he can do how much is, is that doggy in the window? Surely, I mean. Yeah. Uh, probably the full probably version, the and, full and indeed version. might even know all the words. He's probably out of copyright by now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> nobody tried to charge my grandma, and she used to sing it to me. So. <laughs> Precise. Uh, anyway, Martin, thanks so much. Um, Always a pleasure. And uh, we will speak to you again soon. Okay, you take care. Bye bye. Um, I, I, I'm afraid that uh, we, we don't have our usual ick um, musical segment because he, he, he maintains that the songs are far too obscure for him. Now, a lot of them are available on YouTube, um, probably on Spotify or, you know, musical apps. But, um, well uh i guess well uh, we had a little bit of an argument to be honest um uh, it was a little bit as i suspected i'm afraid i did say so to martin but uh, um there's a little recording of of what we what we did record before before we had the argument uh, have a listen
1: Oh, I do know some songs from the early 1950s. I don't know what you're talking about. I know this one. Um, How much is that dog in the window? The one with the waggly tail. waggle, waggle, waggle. How much is that dog in the window? I do hope that dog is for sale. Um, yes.
2: Well, that's not the whole song. Surely there's a... a verse, or...
1: No, no, Paul, it's just that. How much is that dog in the window? The one with the waggly tail. Woof, woof. Oh,
2: well, that's all very well. But there are other songs.
1: Um, okay. Um, come, uh, uh, I'm walking behind you. Yes, I am. Um, um,
2: um. That's just. You just said the title, that's all you did. That there's no resemblance to the actual song.
1: Don't be silly. Don't be silly, Paul. Be quiet. Um, the next song is, uh, it's called The Song from Moulin Rouge.
2: Oh, right. By Mantovani.
1: Yes, Paul. Hmm. How much is that doggy in the window, woof, woof The one with the waggly tail, meow, meow
2: Ick, that's not the song from Moulin Rouge That's how much is that doggy in the window again
1: No, Paul, it's the song from Moulin Rouge You don't know what the song from Moulin Rouge is Well, it's actually How much is that doggy in the window, that is the song from Moulin Rouge
2: I'm not so sure about that um, tr- try something else, for goodness sake.
1: Oh, dear, oh dear. Um, all Right, all right. Um, here we go. This is very early, 1950. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, woof, woof, has a very shiny nose, meow. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, you were you might always, you might even say it close. <sighs> What's wrong now? I got that right?
2: Yes, you don't have to do the woof woof bit.
1: <sighs> you just can't be pleased, can you? Um, I'm going to sing this one. If I knew you were coming, I'd bake a cake, bake a cake, bake a cake. If I knew you were coming, I'd bake a cake, la 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 la.
2: That's just the chorus, what about the verse?
1: No, no, that's all it is, if I knew you were coming I'd bake the cake, bake the cake, bake the cake, if I knew you were coming I'd bake the cake.
2: Yeah, 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 all right, Uh, that's enough.
1: Oh, what about this Rosemary Clooney classic? Come on to my house, come on to my house, come on house, my house, yes, yes.
2: Again, that's just a snatch of the song.
1: What about this one? If a picture paints a thousand words, then I can like, you I would do do doo 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 doo
2: that's not the right if, that's a different song. You're not singing if by Perry Como, you're singing if by bread.
1: Ooh. Um alright Um When I look back upon my life it's always been a sense of shame I'm everything really the one to blame It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a sin It, you're
2: just taking the mickey now There's a song called Sin in 1951 But it's not It's a Sin, it's It's No Sin actually
1: Oh, for goodness sake
2: Come on, the the listeners deserve more
1: yes, I Saw Mommy Kissing Santa Claus But I can't remember the tune <sighs> Oh so look, there's this one by Patty Page how much is the doggy in the window? Woof, woof. The one with the waggly tail. Meow, meow.
2: Ick, just because two singers sung How Much Is That Doggy In The Window doesn't mean to say you can sing it twice just because it's the only song you actually know more than two notes of.
1: But how dare you? But that's it. That's it. I quit. I quit, Paul. I won't be singing any more of your songs for you.
2: such a drama queen oh dear sorry listeners ick and the songs of the early 1950s do not go well together well I suppose I'm going to have to sing you a song before we go right what shall I sing oh yes there's this one how much is that doggy in the window woof woof the one with the waggly tail meow meow
1: I gotta go now. I don't care. Bye. I want to go with you. Gotta go. Bye. goodbye, goodbye. Goodbye, Goodbye. 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 Goodbye.
2: Unique voices in podcasting. net Hello, listeners. Uh, we're back again, um, just very briefly, because um, the, how long did it take us to record this episode, Martin? About, um,
0: uh, about, four, about months. four months.
2: No, <laughs> about a month. But, I mean, obviously, we weren't trying every day. We, we just had two recording sessions. Well, the first half of the episode, or the first bit of the episode was recorded, At my parents and the internet was a bit being a bit funny so i I salvaged what i could and then we continued onward um much more
0: and it'll be
2: totally seamless in the edit we're giving it away now by telling you but
0: (laughs) but, (laughs) uh, this is this is this is what uh shy life unplugged yeah,
2: yeah yeah so uh um yes it's um uh, it's, well, it's, a, bit insight, a bit of insight. It's done now, time. anyway. But uh, yeah. hopefully, so ho- hopefully,
0: it w- hopefully, it works Anyway, that's yes. the point. I mean, it, it'll be it'll be fascinating for me to hear it because I can't remember a thing I said <laughs> <laughs> a month ago, uh, and I'm not sure I can remember much I said this afternoon. Quite. So it's always a, it's always fun to hear it back and go, oh, <laughs> oh yes, I uh, yes
2: that yes. Who is that? In, oh it's me. Yes, oh, it's, you know, I keep I keep when I do editing. I keep thinking. I keep, and I then go and look and explore a song that we've said, oh, I don't know what that is. Mm. And I, I'm always sort of, I have to hold back how many links I send you, because he doesn't want yeah, he doesn't want, got, to see, he want to hear all these links. So.
0: But you've got I mean, it's 500 shows in the back now. I mean, if you ever wanted to do a, a compilation, you, it would take you <laughs> about about a year just to listen to it again.
2: Uh, yeah, I have tried to do, I've considered doing um, like a show book or whatever. Mm. But... Uh, uh, the guide to the shy life. Yeah, well, in the same way as I always want to do something similar for Sutton Park, but it's just too much for it. If I was at the stage where I wasn't creating stuff anymore, for mm-hmm. want of a uh, for want of a word, yeah.
0: um, it's something to do in your retirement, but, isn't it,
2: Paul? But I'd, yeah, but is that ever going to come? You know, am I ever going to stop ah. making things? Old podcasters never die; <laughs> they just get chewed up in the tape recorder. <laughs>
1: show, Paul. Yeah, that was a good go. Oh, kitty, 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 kitty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love <laughs> DeeDee. This is just the weirdest thing I've ever heard. As long as ah. I
0: can... As long as I, I don't read. think you delete anything, I think. That, that. <laughs> <laughs> it's all there on a hard drive somewhere, every single Oh, yeah,
2: well, oh, yeah. Text. I mean, still, even if I don't use it on the show, it's still on the... You know, <laughs> all the Waiting all the, to all drop all the years and, down the line. The... You become Prime Minister of Paul's <laughs> got it in its file. <laughs> oh, how dare you, I'd never be Prime Minister.
0: <laughs> no, but, nor, or, neither would I. No, I do. I, I, I've, yeah. I've got far too much
2: integrity, sorry.
0: <laughs> exactly.